Hello, everybody, and welcome to my first ever podcast. What can we do? So what can we do as consumers to defeat fast fashion? That is what we are going to be answering in today's episode. What can we do? My name is Mae Williams. I am a senior in high school, and I had the opportunity to do this podcast through my English class. I am very excited about this podcast, but I do want to make it very clear that I am not an expert. I am doing this right now in my bed with my earbuds in. I am not in no sound studio. So I did some research, and I will put all the research in the description so you guys can really check it out more in-depthly. So my goal of this episode is really to help consumers defeat fast fashion. It comes down to the consumer the people, we're feeling the industry by buying it. So what can we do? So first, you need to know what fast fashion is. I didn't realize that a lot of people didn't know what it was. So that was something very um, new to me. I didn't under like know that. Um, it is definitely becoming more popular in the past two years, I'd say, a lot of influencers, like YouTubers, I would say, not necessarily like famous people, but they have really um, gone out to speak about it. So ethicalconsumer.org really broke it down really great, I thought. So fast fashion is fast. (laughs) That is how they broke it down, and I thought that was the perfect description. Fast production. So in the article, this is what they say. Pretty Little Things website listed an incredible 284 items new in today. Today. This article was written in 2019. That has probably increased. That is insane. While Misguided listed 639 under new this week. That is fast. They are mass producing a ton of things. And they're doing it fast. How do they do this? Well, often with outsourcing. That Made in China label that I'll talk about. Um, Pretty much outsources when a company hires outside party to create their products. That's how they're getting their cheap labor. In China, a lot of times that labor costs are a lot lower. So they are able to really keep the labor costs very low. And take all those shortcuts to get the most money. So that is a big thing with the fast fashion is outsourcing. Um, so with fast production, there is fast sale. These companies are marketing geniuses. They are not stupid. They are targeting you. They have these Instagram ads loaded and ready to go for you to click on. They want you to buy. And what helps with that is cheap price, little thought. Ooh, that is only $5. Let me get five of those. That is what's going through your brain. And they are able to really keep that price super cheap because truly, it's not good quality at all. And it's their labor costs, like all that stuff. Um, They're still able to make a profit. Um... Another thing, fast use. Wow, okay. So, bad quality, for one. (laughs) Um, A lot of fast fashion use cheaper um, fabrics um, to, again, gain that profit. And so, very bad quality. Um, It tends to go through one wear type thing. Um, 
I know you have tons of t-shirts in your wardrobe that probably have ripped and you've had to like recycle. It happens. Um, I was an H&M consumer and Forever 21 consumer myself. I have been there. All my bikinis are from Sheen. I've been there. Um, this is recent for me, like three months from now. I've been shopping sustainable, but I loved that cheap price. It, but all I can say is fast use is so true. I go through it so much. And then that forces you to, to buy more, pretty much. Oh, I gotta get new pairs of jeans. There's holes in these ones. That is what happens. So one thing to make very clear is fast fashion. Um, it's not always super cheap. There's a lot of companies that market very well where they can raise their price a lot higher. It might be a tad better quality, might not rip, but it's still very unethical and very um, unsustainable. So that is something to look into. You really have to research the companies you are buying from, which I will definitely go more in depth to later on in the podcast. So another really great article that I thought really showed what fast fashion was, um, Audrey Staten wrote in thegoodtrade.com. She really went in depth about the 52 micro seasons. So it used to be two to four seasons. You had your fall and winter collection with all your warmer stuff, and then you had spring and summer with all your cooler stuff, and that's what it was. You took time and thought in each season. Now it's 52 micro seasons. That's a new collection each week that allows these companies to never go out of style. That is crazy. 52 micro seasons isn't, you're not putting thought into your products at all. So um, this quote from the article I love. Um, Many people debated what came first, the desire for fresh looks at an alarming rate or the industry's top players convincing us that we are behind trends as soon as we see them being worn. Yeah, that is so true. We have this desire. Like, I, my closet is overflowing. I feel that. I am going through it. I am purging it. I'm trying to get that quality versus quantity down. It's a struggle. But we have that insane desire. And um, the... Industry's just feeling it. They will convince you that that that's not in anymore. Let's wear something else. And um, it's pretty crazy. So that's truly, I think, a great way to put fast fashion. Um, I will put those articles in the description. And you can definitely look at them more in-depthly. So that's what it is. And now we are going to go into why we should stop sustainable, and I'm very excited about that segment. So this next segment of the podcast, I have a guest with me, my grandma. Say hello. Hello, everybody. This is Grandma (laughs) Patty. (laughs) I am very excited to have her. So um, my grandma has been sustainable for a while, so I thought she'd be have some really good insight on why we should stop sustainable. So first, Grandma, I want to ask you, why did you choose to be sustainable? Well, I I just feel it's really important to take care of our natural resources and our health, not only for ourselves, but for other people too. And not only for right now, for but for future generations like you, <laughs> that 
if we take care of things now, we're going to keep them for a long time. I feel like God has supplied us with just everything that we really need, but it's really up to people to use what he has given us wisely in order to fully take care of everything that's out there to enjoy. Exactly. All right. So we're going to go in depth about all the things you just covered. So I researched some facts um, about why we should be sustainable and the impacts fast fashion has on um, certain issues like our environment, toxicity, and a lot of social issues as well. So first I want to, um, I found two articles that just give the facts pretty much about everything. So I will put those in the description to check out. So first the environment, um, we leave a huge footprint on the environment for sure with fashion. It's probably the biggest carbon footprint. Um, it, yeah, this fact, um, fashion production compromises 10% of total carbon emissions. That's from earth.org. So that's a lot for sure. <laughs> I've heard that it's the second largest um, industry for world pollution. I, uh, I don't know yeah. if that's a sad fact, but that's, that's uh, what I, you know, have gleaned from some of the things I've read. Mm -hmm. That would definitely make sense. Um, so another fact from worldresourceinstitute.org, making a pair of jeans produces as much greenhouse gases as driving a car more than 80 miles. So yeah, that is a big fact. <laughs> Think about how many jeans I own. and Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and how many I have owned since the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, wow. Um, discarded clothing made of non-biodegradable fabrics can sit in landfills for up to 200 years. Another fact for you. <laughs> 200 years. I don't expect to be around to check that out. <laughs> I know. Can't really fact check that. But. Uh, um, so getting more into the non-biodegradable fabrics, um, the toxicity. But first, um, with it, the textile dyeing is another huge impact that um, in this fact, it says that textile dyeing world's two largest polluter of water. Um, water runoff is a huge thing with all this production since they're producing it so fast and they're using toxic dyes. All right, so the toxicity, I didn't really know much about the toxic part of the effects of fast fashion. I really um, knew more about the environment and social parts, but I got to go to a webinar um, and the guy definitely honed in on the toxic stuff. So polyester, nylon, and acrylic takes hundreds of years to biodegrade. That's from earth.org. And that's, that's what you 
and it seems like that's what you find over and over. <laughs> yeah. Even when you're looking for something cotton, they throw some of it in. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's where like the 100% versus 80% cotton, what's the difference there, you know? Yeah, right. That, uh, and, and I can understand like certain materials, certain things that you buy, like where it'll say like 5% uh, or something like that. You know, if you've got elastic in there, which is sometimes needed for a certain mm -hmm. garment, you can kind of understand that. But when it's up to 20% and more of the garment, that's that's a pretty big section of it that mm -hmm. uh, a material you really don't want in that clothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... Let's see. Um, the 20%, what's also interesting, it's not just bad for the environment. It's also bad for the human health as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of those aren't made to be worn. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a part me of um, the movement to recycle you know, I've always mm -hmm. been one to like remake a garment and things like that. I like because you like something a little different or um, more stylish. But when when they start talking about like reusing plastic bottles to make clothing and things like that, mm -hmm. I, I question that part of the recycling process in that how good is that for you to wear that? <laughs> that yeah. In, even though you're, you're saving the environment, are you harming your health by doing it, you know? Yes. Um, that's what the guy talked about in the webinar, which I was shocked by because I never really thought about that aspect of like the human health. But there's like no research on what the plastic like water bottles could do to you. <laughs> so they don't right. know. Well, I even the last time I went to get my glasses, they had glass frames that you could buy that were made from recyclable uh, mm -hmm. water bottles, you know. And I thought, do I really want that on my eyes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's another big thing um, that a lot of people debate on whether it's helping or not. Um. This fact I thought was really interesting from woodstrick.com. Around 8,000 different synthetic chemicals are used to dye, bleach, and wet process garments. Those chemicals often cause diseases or even deaths among farmers and inflict serious birth defects on their children. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's where we have to start thinking about where is our concern for other people, you know, in those types mm -hmm. of instances? Yeah. So a huge impact on fast fashion is obviously like the social impact with the bad labor. And that is definitely really sad when you look into it. Um, fashion is the most labor dependent industry. So you need a lot of labor and companies are going to want to take shortcuts to try to find the cheapest labor that's with outsourcing. They have been able to overcome that by making products in China and stuff like in cheaper places. So 
the child labor um this was a really interesting fact again from the woodstrick.com around 170 million children are engaged in some form of garment work <laughs> and mm-hmm. and in terrible conditions that they're working exactly they shouldn't be working <laughs> um, right a lot of them are too young too young and plus the con- conditions they're working in are very mm-hmm. Very yes. poor. They are very poor. Um, so another fact I found, garment workers, primarily women in Bangladesh, make about $96 per month. Um, the government wage board suggests that a garment worker needs 3.5 times that amount in order to live a decent life with basic facilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're getting paid less and in bad conditions as well. Keeping the, keeping the poor poor. Exactly. Um, a 2018 U.S. Department of Labor report found evidence of forced and child labor in the fashion industry in Argentina, Bangladesh, Brazil, China, India, Indonesia, Philippines, Turkey, Vietnam, and other countries. Those are where you find the Made in China labels, the Made in India labels, and what that really means behind those labels Mm -hmm. often means bad labor conditions for children and women especially. Very sad. It is super sad when you look at that aspect as well. So those are probably the three main reasons why somebody should shop sustainable. You can give so many facts. There are so many different posts about it. Um, I will put the three that articles that I found in the description again, but you can continue to find more facts about it. It gets sadder and sadder every time I look at it, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now for my last part of the podcast, um, how are we going to shop sustainable? So before I let you go, Grandma, I wanted to ask you, um, how, um, what are the challenges for you, that you face when you're shopping sustainable? Well, probably number one is just plain availability. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I like to do is I like to go in the store and have things to choose from, bring them home ideally and try it on, see if I really like it. And then if it doesn't fit or it doesn't look good on me, I want to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> and return it and sustainable fashion in our area I have not been able to find <laughs> whatsoever wow. basically I, I felt like really thrilled when I was in Whole Foods in Madison at one one point and was able to find a 100% organic <laughs> cotton t-shirt that, <laughs> that mm-hmm. did, all, did all the kind of criteria we've been talking about responsibly um, sustainably uh, fashioned and so uh, you know when that's the limit of what you can find in your area it makes it really difficult and it is tough now it's the online thing but I found you know it's really hard to even find things online Um, Mm -hmm. there's it's just very limited 
And then it comes into the cost part of it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a thrifty type person and it's hard for me to think of, you know, the amount of money to spend on one clothing item. Um, plus I like variety and patterns and colors <laughs> and things like that. And a lot of times you're very limited in what you can find and what, you know, you can choose from. Um, those types of things. Now that I'm retired, I wear an entirely different type of wardrobe <laughs> than I did when I was teaching. When I was teaching, you know, I, I bought a lot of clothes because I thought I had to wear something different at least every day of the week, if not every day for two or three weeks <laughs> different. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, it was more quantity thing than mm -hmm. now I can concentrate and I'm I'm always one to save things like long term too I do like nice quality things that that I can wear like for a long period of time um I right now I've got on a flannel shirt and I've got some flannel shirts I was wearing with your mom was little yet <laughs> <laughs> just because they're really good 100% cotton flannel yeah. shirts and you can and keep they them last. But it's hard to find now a lot of things that I want now that I'm retired. I like specific things like like Packer and Badger clothing and stuff <laughs> like that. And that's I still have not been able to find like anything that isn't like mixed blends and things like that. And those one time I've got on a shirt right now, a badger shirt that <laughs> I got for Christmas because I put it on my wish list because it was kind of expensive because it was a hundred percent cotton flannel. And that's like yeah. never found. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, it's just, it's hard for us to get into doing this. And I think, you know, if it's really hard for me, who's making a real effort to try and do this, mm -hmm. the general person out there in the working world, very busy, um, they don't have time, you know, to search and search out these clothing products. So I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest ob ob obstacle that's out there right now. They're just not enough. Right. Yep. And it's just hard trusting some brands too because I know um I was looking for a pair of shorts um athletic shorts so I was looking up good sustainable companies and so I was so excited I found a good pair and I got them they're made out of bamboo and then the label was made in China so now it has me skeptical you know <laughs> well and another part of that is I I haven't worn anything bamboo bamboo yet I guess you know I've gotten into the all cotton and for me mm -hmm. I was always like if you can't find a hundred percent organic cotton you settle for 100 percent just conventional cotton and this is something I've learned from you now that the conventional cotton I I wasn't you know aware of the negative effects in the growing process and what they are doing to the yeah irrigation systems to deplete the water supplies and that I mm -hmm. that's something that just never crossed my mind my thoughts were you know the best thing to settle for is 100% cotton if yeah you find it organic 
so um, I'm learning some things here as I go along <laughs> the whole process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely becoming more popular, but slowly. So it's hard to find things. Well, thank you for doing this with me. It was super fun. Well, I was happy to do it. I don't know how much I had to contribute, but I did <laughs> I did get to learn some things from the things you taught me. So I thank you for that. Awesome. So thank you. And I will talk to you later. Okay. Bye, honey. Bye. Bye-bye. Then how can we shop sustainable? What can we do as consumers to shop fast fashion? So I brought a very special guest with me, a good friend of mine. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I, I'm Yurka, and I am a senior in high school who also happens to live in Wisconsin. <laughs> I would consider myself to be semi-knowledgeable on sustainable fashion and a sustainable lifestyle. All right. Yeah, so, um, Mirka, when did you kind of start shopping sustainably? I'd say that I always have. Mm-hmm. I, I've always just been a thrifter, but then there was a point in my life as I grew older where I also started to take an interest in a lifestyle. Okay. So then while I was thrifting... I just started to really realize like, oh, this is, this is a more sustainable way of life. And it, it's just better overall for the environment and even for me. Yeah. So um, that's awesome. So pretty much we're just going to go through some tips and tricks that we have um, since we both semi shop sustainable. Um, and it's pretty recent for me. I have been a big, like, H&M, Forever 21 person. Mirka knows this. I yeah, loved true. to go find – I just always thought it was fun to find the hidden gems in there. But um, there's so much. It's fast fashion, and um, I definitely have cut that out of my wardrobe, which is kind of crazy, <laughs> and it's a, definitely a change. So um, one thing I do want to make clear – just because it is expensive doesn't necessarily mean it's sustainable or good quality. A good example of this is Nike. Um, they obviously had that big lawsuit with their ethics of their child labor um, in 2017, but they have been a very big fast fashion company. Same with mm. Levi's. Um, Urban Outfitters has some controversy as well. So that just shows you... you um, the research, it can be kind of hard. That's the tricky part um, to really look. If you're going to buy new sustainably, it can be hard to research into companies to, to knowing whether it is or not. Now, since this um, fast fashion has been like a very recent phenomenon, people have made really good articles of good brands and stuff. One brand, Patagonia, that's probably like the only big brand that I knew is sustainable. I was shocked when I saw that. Interesting. So, Patagonia, if you're looking for a winter coat, (laughs) I would go there. So, definitely um, look at those articles. They will tell you great brands to look for. Um, I do know that in clothing, Mm -hmm. if it's sustainable, it will 
most or some denim will have a tag on it that says fair trade. Yes. Fair trade is a way of sustainability. It is sustainable clothing. Mm -hmm. So if you're just even simply looking inside clothing tags, I know, for example, Madewell does leave labels on if something is fair trade, and that is how you'll know that it is sustainable. Okay. Yeah. That is definitely a good way to look out for, looking at the tags. So with the tags... um. It will list all like the percentages of the fabrics. Um, so I researched some to stay away from. So synthetics, polyester, acrylic, nylon, rayon, conventionally produced cotton, actually. So make sure that the cotton is organic because I t- talked about that earlier with my grandma. Um, sometimes the conventionally produced cotton is often mixed with other bad um, fabrics like synthetics or something. Would that be like Gildan? Like Gildan t shirts? Yes. Is that synthetic? Okay. Yeah, because I believe so. If they, because the, they're often conventionally produced cotton, I believe. Okay. Um, so good fabrics. I'll let Mirka go into that because I know she has a lot to say about good quality. Good fabrics. Yes. I. I'm very attracted to good fabrics, and I think that it's super easy to tell what is good Mm -hmm. and what's not just by feeling it looking at it it's very you can just tell right off the bat good quality fabrics would include linen organic cotton industrial hemp wool and cashmere typically these fabrics could be a little pricier Mm -hmm. but in the end they're definitely a lot more durable and i'd say that yeah, they're just durable. They're they're overall better quality. And as I said before, you can just tell right away. It's, I don't know, you can, there's just a big difference between, between something that's wool and something that's not. I don't really know how to describe it. It I just, just think feels better. It, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it feels it's better just on better. the skin. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't tear, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it doesn't tear and it's. Yeah. You know when good quality. Good and yeah. Bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so one easy way to kind of ensure your sustainability is always shopping local um, and staying away from that Made in China label. Um, shopping local, a lot of people, um, almost like that Made in the USA, um, there's a lot of good companies around here. There's a lot of good European companies. There's a lot of good, like, international yeah. companies. It's just um, often trying to stay away from that made-in-China label almost because it's hard to know what that really means because of their labor conditions. That's um, – I feel like once you get into European brands, sometimes that's when it gets pricier, though. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, that's just being knowledgeable on knowing that these products truly are better all around, yes. even in quality and just helping. Exactly. So that's where we're going to get to the quality versus quantity, the big picture. Um, yeah. One thing with the whole pricier thing. In the long run, it's going to be around the same price. It's hard to look past that. But yeah. if you think about it, three unsustainable t-shirts for $10, right? So you get three, a variety, right? Is yeah. the same as one shirt for $30. So with those three unsustainable shirts, 
you're often going to run through those faster than having that one shirt. That one shirt, you're going to be able to have as long as you want it. Very true. Um, The unsustainable ones, I've had so many t-shirts that are just, I go through them, you know? They get rips and stuff like that, so. They also shrink faster, They do. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is something to be aware of. It looks like an investment at first, but it's you're reducing that quantity and looking more into the quality of your products. Yeah. Which can be very hard cuz I for one have a problem of reducing that quantity. <laughs> I always want more. My closet is overflowing. So um What I am planning on doing is I'm going to take on the 30-item challenge. Um, I've researched about this challenge that a lot of people have been doing. So you take 30 items from your wardrobe, including shoes, and only wear those for three three months. That seems... For three months? Yeah, that seems so hard, doesn't it? 30 items for three months. Interesting. That's crazy. I think the shoes will get me because... Really? I love my Converse. I do have a recycled mm-hmm. pair of Converse. So. What? Interesting. Yeah. What do they... What about them? Is there anything about them that seems different versus your non-recyclable pairs? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Um, I'm assuming they're made out of the same materials as regular Converse. They're just from used ones, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's still... I don't know if it's necessarily um, better quality, but they are softer <laughs> in a way. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's recycling doesn't always mean you're going to have that quality. Mm-hmm. But for me, at least, since I am more drawn to the quantity, I think the quality I definitely lean on. <laughs> Like, when I'm thrifting, I'm okay if I get another shirt from H&M, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, But, yeah, that's a big debate in the thrifting, like, sustainable community is, is it good to buy one of the unsustainable stuff? Just because um, a lot of people don't like the toxicity of the dyes and stuff it has on our skin and in your laundry the water runoff as well so um for me personally i've i just like feel like that i have worn h&m and forever 21 for so long (laughs) that like my skin's used to it like it will be fine (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah that's definitely a big discussion as well i don't think that i'd be able to tell the difference on my skin yeah I don't know. I I don't think that besides like quality, but like, do you mean like a chemical effect that your skin might feel? Yes, there's just been um, research. Um, I went to this seminar uh, webinar about um, sustainable fashion and um, there's like some fact about people suing Victoria's Secret for their bras because it gave them breast cancer. Was that true? Um, it was back in. Let me research it. Interesting. Yeah, because that's what he said. So I don't know. 
do you think that just having sensitive skin overall would have a factor in those cases? Yeah, and you just don't know much about um the toxicity Interesting. of the clothes. There's not enough research about it, um, so you don't really know if we're supposed yeah. to have that, you know? Yeah, no, that, that would make sense. There's also... I'm seeing a lot of stuff from around 2013 to 2014 with the whole Victoria's Secret scandal thing. Interesting. So, yeah, interesting. Um, I thought that was interesting. So that's um, a debate with the thrifting. But if you do thrift, you can always look for the good um, fabrics as well. If you want to stay away from the bad ones. So that's always something. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you have any more tips to add on or anything? Yeah, I'd say, first of all, be aware, knowledge yourself, Mm -hmm. and just know what you're looking for, know what the the pros and just, you need to understand that quantity versus quality is important. And if you start to focus on that, I definitely think that you'll start to see a difference Mm -hmm. just with just with how things feel and even just overall knowing that it's truly better for for our planet yeah that's very true also i think that yeah in the long run you'll have you'll have something that'll last longer for you Mm -hmm. and if you were to decide to take the thrifting approach i think you'll have even more fun because then you'll you'll most likely have something that most people wouldn't yeah have i agree i think thrifting has definitely been way more fun than shopping like regularly I guess it's finding that gem too it's so fun (laughs) yeah um so if you're looking for more ways to reduce your footprint on the earth um one thing is to wash clothes less less um if you do have good quality clothes you really don't need to wash them a lot very true and then wash them at a cold temperature um, because that helps with reducing that, obviously, because um, the laundry is, has been a really big impact with water runoff and stuff like that. And the toxic dyes in your laundry that you have from, like, your clothes get into water. There's this whole thing on it. Look it up. I'm not an expert on it. But air drying is also really good, too. Yeah, also, um, I think sustainable clothing also tends, like, you need to hand wash it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sustainable clothing, you just tend to have to to try a little harder when it comes to washing it, opposed to mm-hmm. maybe something that isn't sustainable, you just throw in the wash. But sustainable, true sustainable clothing, I don't even think can handle the wash. Like wool, for example. It'd be ruined if you were yeah. to try to put it, put it in exactly. The wash. And like that comes again. You don't have to wash it as much, so it's not necessarily yeah. putting in a ton of work. Very true. So yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. One thing before, um, would you consider your challenges that you face with shopping sustainable? What would you describe them as? For me, yeah. Um, some challenges I would face 
would probably just be the price in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I definitely am a quality person. So I I don't like um the feeling of like cheap clothing. Yeah. So but the problem would just be paying that upfront. But yeah, just mm-hmm. needing to remember remind myself that exactly that it's better in the long run. Yeah. For me I'd say finding the sustainable clothes when I want something specific I usually don't thrift because it's kind of hard to yeah so just finding it it takes a little bit more work you have to do some research um but now there's great articles about it which is really good that help provide insight of good um sustainable companies and usually you can tell when a company is sustainable because they're going to market that they are going to make that clear which so yeah thank you for joining me mirka this has been great and i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast so that's pretty much fast fashion and what we can do to defeat it that is my input on it so thank you so much for listening have a great day